We're back with more Dewey Racing here on Tim's Corner TV. Dewey's fresh off getting all his teeth yanked out of his mouth. So he doesn't want the camera showing off all, 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 all the teeth he doesn't have anymore. But we're ready for some more racing. If you remember, Dewey attacked Ryan Blaney last week. Chase Elliott's fresh off winning the Rain Short and Coda race. Dale Jr., old Kevin Harvick, Johnny Benson in the mix. Let's see now if Dewey is able to give him a little push. Maybe we'll put him right in front. There we go. Are you still on medication, buddy? Come on, do something. He may be camera shy again. We're waiting for one of these cars to be pushing. Now he gets his hand. He shoves Johnny Benson down the track. But will he attack the other cars? Johnny Benson's in the lead in that number 10 Valvoline Pontiac. The rest of the field just waiting to be pushed. Although Dewey's starting to turn his head a bit. Oh no. He's going after Ryan Blaney again. Nudging with his head. Now he's up. Oh, he's going back after Johnny Benson. Now he's leaning on the field. He's crushing Kevin Harvick and Chase Elliott. Dale Jr.'s unscathed for now. He's captured Ryan Blaney. Ah, oh, travesty here with another Dewey Cup race. Now he's rolling over the competition. Literally rolling over the competition. Johnny Benson will call him the winner here as we have total destruction. Worse than the Coda race here in Dewey Land. Okay, so Dylan, on a scale of like one to ten, how much catnip was Dewey on today? Oh, he's straight edge. He was not on any. He was just after his uh, post-lunch nap. He was still a little groggy. So that's the, the continuation of last week. If you missed it last week, Ryan Blaney, I guess, was – do we call him the winner from last week's uh, pre-race? I don't know. I don't know. It was kind of like at Coda where he was in front and then he was completely wrecked and then they called off the race because there was too much rain in the house. And uh, today, I guess Johnny Benson kind of came out on top. So we'll, we'll have to see what happens next week. I think Dave Oblinas is probably happy because he told the Johnny Benson story here That's a couple right. of weeks ago. So, so Dave is probably happy with all mm -hmm. that that happened. Welcome into Tim's Corner Live, by the way. This is episode number 17. Tim Terry, Denver Match at Dylan Lanchel. Same old crew. Uh, for those that are expecting Marty Prevo, we don't have Marty with us this evening. Uh, Marty called me about an hour and a half ago and said he had a, a water pipe burst. Uh, for those that have had water pipes burst before, it doesn't make a, uh, a small mess. It makes a fairly big one. So uh, they're tending to that. Uh, and hopefully we'll have him uh, next week on the show. Uh, there's some racing to tend to this weekend. It's Way 660. So we'll get to that in a moment as well. Uh, Sarah and Ross Thorne are going to be on the second half of the show from Eastbound Park. Big deal with Sarah Thorne. She signed Hickman Automotive Group for her race car. They got snowed out last week at Eastbound Park. So they will try again on Sunday. Their forecast looks a lot better on Sunday than it did last week. And they're kicking off their 2021 season. Denver, no racing last week. Uh, we got a little bit of a break. Got to breathe a little bit. And uh, now we get to race at Speedway 660 this week by the sounds of it. We've got three divisions. going to be an exciting week. But how was your week considering you had really nothing to do last week? Well, it was we, last week was still busy because uh, up until Friday, the, uh, the impression was we were going to be racing. Obviously, that did not happen. So uh, it was nice to have, I guess, a little bit of a relaxing weekend. Uh, you know, it's kind of one of those years, I guess, we're going to have some starts and stops. But uh, looking forward to Speedway 660 on Saturday. Um, for those that were there or those that got to watch on Tim's Corner TV, uh, the three divisions that are going to be on track this weekend, you know what sort of action they produced here two weeks ago at the Riverview Ford Lincoln season opener. There's some unfinished business, and particularly that sportsman finish. Um, can't wait to see the next chapter of that one.
And our plan is to have an on-demand of that race coming up on Saturday on Tim's Corner uh, TV coming up next week. We had to actually pull the subscriptions off because of who knows the unpredictability that we're going to have here in the next couple of weeks. But you can go view that uh, probably on Sunday evening, Sunday afternoon after everything is all said and done because I know you guys are going to be busy up there. But speaking of busy, let's get right into it and let's bring on our first guest. He is the driver of car number 83 on the East Coast International Pro Stock Tour. Still have to get used to that. Uh, It's going to take a little while. Uh, He's won everything up and down the East Coast when it comes to Legend Car and Bandolero competition. Uh, I I don't know. Is there anything you haven't won, Corey Hall, that that you you haven't (laughs) got to in, in Legend Car and Bando competition? Uh, <laughs> I would say, uh, the big, big one would be, uh, legend car nationals, which unfortunately we haven't gotten to, uh, go to with COVID or not that anything really has happened with COVID too much, but, uh, that's kind of the big thing for legend cars. And then, uh, you know, we've been very, very lucky to have a, a lot of success otherwise. So, uh, once we, once we get that, then I'll, I'll be completely satisfied with the, with the legend career. <laughs> And there's still one in the shop. We are live and interactive here this evening with Corey Hall. If you have a question, comment, be sure to drop it down in the comments. And Dylan Langell will get to it. Make him busy tonight. He's been playing around with cats all day in, in lockdown. <laughs> so let's let's keep him busy. It, it's the only, ra- only racing in Nova Scotia for the month of May. Well, you need to get an iRacing ring is what you need to get. You need to well, Paul, do you have any extra shows coming up we can keep Dylan in, entertained? Uh, yeah, actually, we got the Fatheads Cup Series tonight. I got an empty booth seat you can jump into. I got homework. I did, there you go. <laughs> yeah, use the Brittany Hoyt excuse. How about that? <laughs> so, Corey, how's your winter been? Because obviously you guys have been busy in the King shop, but how's your how's your winter been between when we last raced back in September, October to, to where we are now? Well, it's, uh, I would say, I guess the first couple of weeks after the season ends, um, kind of took a step back and just kind of took a couple of weekends and tried to relax as much as I could and recover from the year. It was uh, quite hectic with the uh, kind of breaking into the pro stock scene on our own. And uh, it took a lot of, a lot of work and a lot of effort. And there's a lot of behind the scenes that went on there to try to make that all happen from a lot of different people. So uh, kind of, relaxed for a little bit, but then pretty well went right back to it. Um, had to, uh, fix some damage from Shediac on the car. So we, uh, went at that and then, uh, ended up, uh, purchasing a trailer from Jonathan Hicken and tore all the walls off it and, uh, put new walls up and put carpet part way up the walls and redoing a whole bunch of stuff in it. So, um, along with that, um, just, all kinds of stuff working on rebuilding uh, my legend car that, that Paul was racing and unfortunately got into a wreck with. And then, uh, yeah, it's just been, it's almost like race season hasn't stopped, but it has. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we can get to racing. But uh, if I'm to be honest, I've kind of halfway enjoyed having a little bit extra time to get this stuff finished that needs to be finished. And then uh, also Dan Chisholm's car, we've been in the works of building it. So there's been uh, there's been lots on the go, lots of exciting things going on. So once the lockdown gets lifted, you guys are are pretty well good to go on the 83 campsite, right? Yeah, we've been we've been waiting. Um, I was up testing uh, with the Pro Stock. Oh Christ! Basically, as as soon as uh, as soon as I was able to, as soon as Wayne 
was uh, out of his quarantine and the track was open to test. We were there. So um, got some good laps in, learned uh, a lot more than probably I did last year, just with the uh, having the, the calmness of being able to make adjustments, not on race day or the day before the race and not worry about, you know, what it's going to do or um, the negative effects if there is any. So that was, uh, that was beneficial to do. And I, I feel really good about the season starting, just waiting for it to start. You got to dabble with some pro stock stuff before you got into the 83 car, yep. but last year you went to 660, finished on the podium in the Riverview Ford Lincoln season opener, uh, finished on the podium at Petty Raceway. Everywhere you went, you were a factor in those races with the, that speed. How relieving is it to come out of the box with your own team, knowing that you're right there and competitive? Oh, it, it was, uh, it was amazing. Um, you know, I, I, it's tough because as a race car driver and, and with the success we had in legend cars, I expect a lot out of myself and I knew, um, you know, every pro stock race I got into, I knew the quality of the cars that we've had and just expected a lot. And I knew I was working hard to try to make that happen, but I, a lot of times don't give myself enough time to, to adapt and learn and, and, and grow maybe as a driver as I, I, I need. Um, but it was, uh, it was great to unload and, and be right there. Um, had we not had the, uh, little mishap in petty we were running top four and had a you know i don't know, think i had anything for john but certainly a, a top three car i felt um so i was you know it was it was nice to hit the ground running it just kept you wanting more we had so many races where we were just we were, we were almost there but not quite you know we we were a second place car a third place car a fourth place car and a fifth place car and it's 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 great and you finish and you're like Man, I just needed one or two more, you know, I just needed a, a little bit here, or a little bit there. Or I, I messed up here. It's just, uh, I have a bad habit of being very critical and, and not maybe enjoying stuff as much, but, uh, it was to sit back and look at the season. I mean, it was above and beyond anything I could ever hope for. So let's go back to the start. For those that do not know, you guys started straight line racing. You guys went drag racing. I know your father ran a little bit at the center for speed in the four cylinder car. So how did you that, get from being, you know, turning wrenches to being in a straight line car and then being in a circle car? <laughs> yeah, so it was uh, quite the progression. Um, you know, obviously my dad is a 67 Camaro that he drag raced and did for years. And, um, you know, it was just something that all my family was, well, I say all my family, my, uh, my uncle also had a car that he drag raced for a little bit before my father got his. And my grandfather was a mechanic. So cars were just, it was just in our blood. So there was nothing really else that interests me aside from that. So, um, you know, when it came down to when I was eight, well, then I had the option of, uh, of running a bando or uh, a junior dragster. So we actually went to R&D, looked at a bando and just decided with what uh, we knew and at the time, there wasn't a ton of cars and stuff going on. We decided to go the, the drag racing route with the junior dragster. So we did that and, uh, you know, had a, had a lot of fun doing it. Did that until, I don't keep track of this. My dad would know better than I would. But <laughs> I would say I must have been 12, I think, when we first started transitioning. And uh, 
the stock car thing was just a matter of uh, dad watched NASCAR races every Saturday and Sunday and Friday and uh, just, you know, liked it, had a, had NASCAR 2003 and played that all the time and thought, uh, thought it was great. So we, I started bugging dad and wanting to get a band on do that and uh we picked one up actually uh it was one of the bandos that uh david blinas had brought up for somebody and we bought it from that person and uh just slowly started working at it i mean we didn't know anything about a stock stock car at all aside from um like you had mentioned my father ran a four-cylinder car for uh, a season in shediac so that was all we knew and that's very different so um he was actually very successful for the races he ran in Shediac, and uh it was always fun to watch him i don't know if you get the pleasure very much to watch him race but it was uh uh checkers or wreckers very much <laughs> that was the time when justin mcdonald and him had that little bit of a rivalry wasn't yes. it because i think kyle mcmillan was up there at the time and that was when jr lawson was starting to, to dabble yeah. into it and uh, that, yeah. he, he was really quick. He was up front almost yeah. every single race. So, uh, yeah, well, we were, uh, uh, as, as, as you know, at the time they're running the four fun class with the mini stock class. So he was running a Cavalier in amongst a whole bunch of civics and, uh, yeah, he was, he was finishing, you know, almost on the podium in a, in the mini stock division along with, uh, the four fun. So he, uh, yeah, we got right to that. And, uh, he was, he was up on the wheel. I don't know what he was doing, but he was on it and, uh, he didn't take very much slack. He definitely, uh, there's many a times when he's told me he got a lot more patience than I do. Cause I definitely would have wrecked them and, and he's not lying. <laughs> now I know we have some comments rolling in. I can, I can see it on the other screen. Paul's doing a great job on, on our, our return feed tonight, but before we get to Dylan, cause I know Dylan's chomping at the bit has, Scott ever asked about getting back into a race car? Has there ever been the itch? No, not at all. Uh, he's, he has a pretty bad tennis elbow and, and he struggles with that. So anytime, uh, even a, a cart, uh, bothers him a little bit, you know, so he's never really, you know, gotten out. And I always wanted him to at least practice, you know, I just wanted to see him out there practice. And I don't know if it just doesn't interest him or, um, I don't know what the, what the thing is, but I just never could, uh, never could put it together or pull it off. I was talking to Carl Neary and, uh, he jumped in one and said never again. So <laughs> I don't know if it would be the same, same thing or not, but it was not what he expected at all. <laughs> was that a Carl thing or a Michael thing? That was uh, that was a Carl thing. He said okay. he was ready to purchase the gear and you know, he didn't, he just, said oh well i might as well try it out and got out he said i think i ran maybe 10 laps and he said i was about a little bit off a of bando and he said that was when i realized nope not for me <laughs> <laughs> we are live and interactive here this evening dylan i know social looks busy what do you got well we got an interesting question from austin hiscock from newfoundland who is a young driver who's stepping from bandoleros to legend cars and he's asking you Corey, with all your legends experience what's some advice to give to a new driver hopping in a legend car Whew. um sideways is not fast anymore i learned that was one of the first lessons i learned um aside from that just getting used to your surroundings um 
you know, those cars, they, they move quick, they twitch quick. And, uh, you're constantly firing the wheel, no different than a, a bando, but there's just a lot more horsepower to go with it. So, um, the biggest thing I can say is just try to be smooth and get the most you can get out of the car that you feel comfortable with. Don't try to, um, get too much and put yourself in bad situations and, uh, just try to be, try to not rush yourself too much to get up to speed. I mean, it's a, it's a big jump going from a, a 30 horsepower car to a, um, you know, 140 horsepower car. So, uh, yeah, that, that would be my, that would be my recommendation. Now for him, I mean, he's going to be racing the Eastbound Park, which is not a tiny track. What, what would you say to a driver who is getting their first experience in a legend car, but kind of going to a big boy track? Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty decent size. I know Michael Leary was telling me coming over here to, to Petty, he's like, holy Christ, this is a small track. And I'm like, man, you, uh, you don't even know anything. Concord is a small racetrack. Texas is a small racetrack, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, uh, I don't know. Um, speed is, is all, um, is all relative. Um, a lot of people see the cars going by and, and they're thinking, wow, they're going fast. They must feel like this is crazy, but honestly you're in the car and, and you hardly notice it as much. Um, I know, uh, talking to Chase McKay, he even said to me before, he said, yeah, he said, the best thing I ever did for my bando career was drive a legend car. Cause he said, then all of a sudden the bando just felt slow. <laughs> so obviously there's, there's a, a small thing there, but uh, yeah, he's found a, a big, big track. It looks like uh, it produces some good racing. I, I'd love to get over there and race too. Um, and Carl's been after me about it. Just never got the stars to align yet. But uh, anyways. Well, on that topic of legend cars, and you kind of mentioned uh, when you were talking about what you've been doing in the off season, are you going to do a little legend racing in 2021 if uh, hopefully stuff opens up a bit more? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd love to. Um, right now, I think the focus is just the pro stock. Um, that, that's obviously got to come first. It's a lot of work. And uh, yeah, it just takes a lot of work in the shop, at the track, just in general, and it drains you. So um, that'll be the main focus. But I think if there's a, a, a you know, a, a two two week off period, I think the legend care is certainly going to come up. Um, obviously if IWK can happen, which everything's so up in the air with COVID, but if it does, that's, that's kind of something we're looking at. Um, aside from that, I guess, uh, the big thing is just, uh, we've been working at trying to get, uh, everything lined up for Brad Eddie to get in the sedan. And, uh, that'll kind of be a, a fun challenge for, him and myself to to get that going and uh and have him out there for again probably weekends where the pro stock aren't running and maybe some scotia weekly stuff or whatever we can can get him in um i'm pretty excited about that just to see the whole sedan back on the track i, I love that car and that's all we got for now here on social media so Corey's here for a little bit feel free uh, pick his brain about legends racing i mean we got one of the best of the best here in the chat Absolutely. And when we look at that legend car career, obviously the last couple of years, you picked up those big wins and Paul's showing it on the screen right now. I want to bring up this IWK 250 victory lane from 2019, where, you know, you get the trophy from Hugh and uh, checkered flag second year in a row. And then you head up to the grandstands with, with the fans, obviously with COVID 
we don't have the, those fans. We can't do that. But how special yeah. was this that we're showing out? Yeah, that was a that was a great moment for for myself and Reed and and uh, Kayla and, and Curtis. So um, you know, I, I've uh, Curtis pointed them out to me, and I uh, I ran up and and uh, walked up and and you know took a picture with them and all that. And uh, I was trying to give them the flag, but uh, they they wanted that back. But uh, nonetheless, it was uh, it was really neat to do, and uh, that was just such a an awesome. Uh, an awesome race for, for not only myself, but uh, CHR as a whole, uh, Craig to finish second and to kind of just come out with not much racing. Um, you know, I, I had only run, I think it was just the race at Scotia that I won before that. And, uh, where, you know, Craig and Braden have been running all season and just, uh, to be able to show up and, and have a good outing. I think it was, uh, I was very fortunate that the ideas I had, was exactly what the car wanted <laughs> and uh, I didn't have to fight too hard, but uh, no, that was, uh, like I said, that was a cool moment with, uh, with Reed and uh, hopefully we can recreate something like that and, and try to get back to the fans here soon. Once COVID dies down. You've got the Hoosier tires now on a legend car. You've got mm-hmm. the FZ09 motor. Uh, you've, you've been able to dabble with some of that. What, what do you think of the recent changes recent being the last couple of years with this U S legend car program? Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's been a struggle for me just because I'm not doing it all the time, right? So um, it, it's it's frustrating by times just the changes that are going on and not being able to to be there 24/7. I mean it takes a lot of work to figure anything out, and uh, I'm very fortunate to have some great customers that have uh, helped me out, helped them out, and uh, it's it's been been good. And we've we've kind of figured some things out, and I think uh, again getting to the track. Uh, with COVID kind of slowing things down and testing and in petty, we, we learned some more stuff again and are kind of ready to rock now. But uh, yeah, with, with the Zeno 9 motor, um, it's definitely helped longevity. It saved money in uh, you don't have to rebuild your motor all the time. Now you're not worried about, uh, you know, beating it to death, trying to go as fast as you can being on the rev limiter, running it too hard and getting it too hot. And then having to shut it off, you know, at the start finish line and, and it being hot and heat soaking and, and having all those issues has, has you know, been no longer. Um, and the liquid cooled is, is great for that. Uh, obviously, as a driver, I, I wish we still had the 1250 just for the power. Um, I, I like to get in the throttle and have the wheel snap and grab and move the car. With the Z09, it's less torque. It's a little smoother getting to the back to the gas. Um, and then with the Hoosier tire, I mean, it, it obviously was a direction they had to head. Uh, Hoosier is the name and, you know, racing tires. Um, I, I've had a, a more of a hate relationship so far with them. With uh, I only ran the one race and was running well before we had some issues. But it just, uh, they're... I don't know. They're, they're, they're a rough ride. Uh, I don't think people realize with the lack of sidewall they have, it's amplified every bump. So a track like Petty going into one, it, it near rips the steering wheel right out of your hand. And uh, it's, it's a lot to handle. And I got to applaud every driver that's out there doing it and did it last year and, and 
drives through it because it's it's certainly a lot of work, but it's uh, it's a new challenge. It's a different tire. It doesn't act the same. Doesn't drive the same. So um, we'll see how it goes. Now, from a program standpoint, you guys have some really successful drivers in the CHR program and in your stable. You know, Craig McDonald and Danny Chisholm both have won many, many races. They've come up through the Bandoleros and into the legend cars. Uh, you got a guy like Paul Goulden who, who's won a couple of championships. I want to ask you about Andrew Lively, though, because uh, Andrew yeah. now is moving into a sportsman car. How cool is it to see him get into that legend car step, and not necessarily from a Bandolero because he came from a Thunder <laughs> car and, yeah. and went, went into went into a legend car, had all that success, and, and now is moving on to a late model. Yeah. Um yeah, me and Andrew um, have had a great relationship uh, right from the start. Uh, Shane was getting his car up to me to do, and uh, he was just getting into legend cars, so he tagged his along, and uh, we went through it, went to the track, and there was a lot of lot of hours and uh, you know a lot of repetition of hey, you got to do this, you know, and just working with him and getting him up to speed. But uh, he he got up to the speed and. Uh, Andrew is one of these guys that uh, he is always thinking in the car. Uh, a lot of times I criticize him for maybe too much, but it, it works out. I mean, you look at his championship that he got uh, in 2019. It was just uh, it was just a matter of just steady performances, you know, uh, not have a failure with the car and just continuously have steady runs up in the top three. And, uh, you know, obviously he wanted to win, but it was just, he was his goal was a championship and that's what he set out to do every week and uh, to see that consistency was was pretty amazing not that i hadn't seen it before paul was very much the same um you know but uh, to see him move up it was uh when he broke the news to me it was hard to take i hate to see um you know i hated to see him move on but uh you know i obviously wish him the best and i've still been talking to him about his sportsman and late model um, and he's been out testing and we've been writing back and forth, just, uh, trying to keep him getting better and, uh, give him my opinion. Not that I know anything about a, a sportsman, but, to just, you know, um, try to, try to help as much as I can, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's good to see him, him going on to something and, and, uh, a new challenge for him. Tim, can I interrupt? Yeah, absolutely. You can. <laughs> Andrew's in the comment section, oh, Corey. He? <laughs> He's wondering when you're going to start your CHR program in the sportsman division. <laughs> uh, he's going to have to. He's going to have to get that going for me. Uh, I'll have to rely on him. Anytime he wants to to get me down to work on the car, I'll uh, I'll go at it. I don't. I can't promise anything. It could be terrible, but uh, I'll go at it. No problem. You got anything else over on the comment section there, Dylan? Yeah, I think uh, Woody from down in the States is uh, chirping you <laughs> to step up your game. That's not surprising. Uh, not surprising at all. I've heard, I've heard that name quite a bit. I mean, I'm, I'm not – I've never been to the States to watch racing, but I hear that name thrown around a lot. Can you describe who Woody is to maybe someone like me who's not too familiar, Corey? Uh, Woody is the man uh, is the best way to put it. He um, – when Woody goes to a racetrack – he is looking to uh, he's looking to help everybody, and uh, I wouldn't have had half the success I had without him. Um, you know, I I got to give a major major thank you to him. He's been uh, majorly helpful. I've stayed at his place. Um, I've you know he's done just a, a, a tremendous amount for me. 
and I, I have to say thank you. But uh, but no, Woody, he's been around racing forever. Uh, he's uh, Daniel Hamrick's stepfather, and uh, he took Daniel racing all across, all through ranks, and went watched him race once he started moving up in the bigger ranks um and has been supporting him and then he's had a lot of drivers in through his stable um you know ryan mcintosh obviously from from amherst was down and with him and uh he's had a lot of success more notably in bandos legends and uh now he's he's on to uh allison legacy cars and having great luck with that so obviously wish him the best in that it, we had Nicholas Noggle and Craig and Sam Rogers on the show. We told the chicken sandwich story with Craig Rogers. Is there <laughs> any one story we can tell about Woody that, that sticks out to you about all these racing memories? Oh man, there is just so many to count and so many that's not PC. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, Woody, uh, Woody's been great. And, uh, you know, obviously I, I, there's a lot of, a lot of great stories and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I can't think of one that that would be the best. There's just been a, a lot. Um, I remember we were uh, we were going down to I believe it was Nationals actually, and uh, you know we were trucking down, and we actually had uh, Earl Wright's uh, truck, and it uh, transfer case went on the way down, and uh, we were stranded probably. 40 minutes from him and uh you know we said oh well we gotta call woody so we called him uh there was an xfinity race going on or weekend of at uh, charlotte and uh he was there drinking whatever uh or getting ready to drink and uh, which i can tell you have a hard time believing tim um and <laughs> it's, then, a white, it's a white can right it's it's definitely a white can. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he, uh, anyways, we called him up and he's like, yeah, no, I'll, I'll come up and get, get you guys. So he drove up and, uh, saved us, hooked up to our trailer and, and towed us back. But, uh, the more noble thing was we were sitting there, uh, me and him were in the truck and dad was just, uh, I forget what he was doing, something in the trailer and he was just outside. And I said to Woody, I said, sorry, sorry about this. And, uh, or no, sorry, I'll have to step back. He said to me, uh, you know, you're, you're cutting into my beer drinking time. And I said, sorry, Woody, I, I, I hate to do that to you. And, uh, he looked at me and he holds his hand out and he goes, sorry, doesn't put a beer in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> so that's probably one, of, that's, that's got a, that's one that's, that stuck with me. <laughs> that's, that's Woody. <laughs> I'm I'm glad to see that he he's watching. Uh, I, I I miss going down there. Uh, hopefully these yeah. borders can open up and we can uh, we can get down there and have some more good times. Dylan, who else is on social tonight? Well, you want to keep up with the Woody stories because he wrote something else here. He said uh, Walmart with Paul Goulden. Is there a story, <laughs> is there a story with that? There's definitely a story about that. So, oh man, I couldn't even think of the crew that was with us. Uh, obviously, my father was there. Woody, Paul. Uh, Christ, I, I want to say that was maybe Wayne Smith was there too, and Earl and Michael maybe was on that trip. I can't exactly place all the people, but I just remember uh, we were at Walmart, and here they are uh, putting things for the checkout. And uh, 
they're I can't even remember how it went. Anyways, they the poor lady at the the cash said something to to Paul and or maybe it was Woody. I believe it was Woody. And he said he point he said to about uh, about Paul and he said, Oh yeah, that's that's my son. And she just the look on her face, the poor girl had no idea what was going on. <laughs> the both of them in their 50s and just there sitting there smiling. So there's certainly been some innocent people that have been taken by, by Woody's humor as well. <laughs> um, another uh, Woody and Paul story was uh, we were in Florida and we were going to the airport to pick up Paul. He was racing or no, he was coming to help me. That's what it was. So we drive up to the airport and here's Paul sitting there with this pink suitcase and where <laughs> we roll up and I see the look on Woody's face and I'm like, oh, here we go. So he jumps in the truck, never met Paul once in his life. The, the two of them never, never met once. He just, Paul gets in the truck, he puts the suitcase in, he, he hops in and Woody just looks over and he goes, please tell me that's, that's your wife's effing suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> oh I, I, man. I think that was the same trip that we ended up at, at the rental house. And I think it was me, Woody, Paul Gould. And I think it was Craig Rogers still up. Craig didn't last very long. I think oh, he, man. Fell, he fell over backwards. And I think the whole house heard it. And, <laughs> Paul, and they didn't even break in conversation. They just no. kept continuing, continuing going on. And I'm sure Craig Rogers I don't know if he remembers that or not. He was out. Um, but it, it's, we, we have some fun on the road. Um, it, oh, it's, it's, it's great. Yeah, it's great times. And, uh, you know, the racing just, uh, you know, when it's, when it's right, it can bring people together. And it's crazy the, the good times to look back on. Obviously, without U.S. racing, I, it, it sucks and I miss it because there was a lot, of, a lot of great times, you know, obviously with, uh, with Craig Rogers and Sam and, and uh, along with, countless others we've been there with the Neary's Cormier and Stanny Chisholm um Craig McDonald's been with us Paul um yeah I'm I'm missing tons of people and I always miss tons of people I have a terrible memory but there's uh there's just and then yourself I remember being down there and uh DJ uh DJ line was there uh Scott McLean, Cole Boudreaux, Cole Tanner. There's just been so many. Florida is always the best trip. It, it's hands down. If Cole ever goes away and you were racing a Bando or a Legend Car, uh, number one event I highly recommend going to. It's a five-day-long week. You race, race, race. Um, you learn more there in five days than, than you do in a almost a full season up here. It's just back-to-back, -back and you just pick up what you left off each and every day. And it's been a, a huge tool. I wish with the late model, you know, with, we could get some funding to try to do something like that with New Smyrna. It's just the amount you learn being able to back to back everything each day is just incredible. I kind of want to bring this full circle because you, you went down, you started racing at Auburndale in those winter national events. And then all of a sudden you end up winning championships on those weeks. How cool was it to kind of <laughs> bring that whole deal full circle? Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, we went down there and, uh, we had a successful 2016 uh, around home. We struggled down south, fought with the car and stuff, and we finally got it good, and we had a, a good year. And, uh, you know, we stripped the car down, went through it all, and was getting ready. And it was 
yeah, it was time to go down. And I mean, we had everything ready and I had everything I had wanting to try ready. I was prepared and uh, we just went there and, and just executed. And it was, it was crazy for a team out of Canada to go to, and it's been done before um, for sure. There's been many Canadians go down and have success, but it was just crazy for us to go down and not just, uh, win a championship, but to uh, qualify on pole every day and win all but one race and be leading it when when we had an altercation and, and had a part we had to fix. So it was uh, it was kind of shocking. We went through the first day and it was like, oh my god! And we're all just kind of looking around and it's like we, we did it, you know. Well, let's go do it tomorrow. And then it just kept going and. Uh, Citrus was a, just an amazing track for me. I think mostly with its similarities to pr probably some more home tracks with uh, it being not far off, PEI, Scotia, and tracks like that. The size, uh, gearing was the same, setup was very similar. And uh, that was pretty neat to, to go down there and just instantly be, be ready. It was crazy. We'll bring this back to the pro stock in just a moment. But the one other thing I want to ask you, you talk about the, the kid from Canada going down to Florida and winning a bunch of races. That was cool. But how cool was Texas when you did it in Texas? <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was such a year. Uh, everywhere we went, we just unloaded and it was fast. And, you know, uh, I I wasn't even I didn't even have that high of expectations going into it. You know, we were, like you said, we were just a can small Canadian team going down to race with the big boys. I mean, you take your, your Dennis Lambert, your Latiga Motorsports, your Fargo Motorsports, um, and all those guys that this is just all they do every, all, all through the year. They don't have a break, you know, they, they keep going. And uh, yeah, to, to go down and, and, and do that was just crazy. It just carried, you know, we went to, we went to Florida, had success. Then we got on the phone with Paul and, and Kyle, excuse me, and uh, and actually Rolly helped us out and put something together and, and got to Texas and then had success there. And then we went to Concord and had success there. And then we went to Maine. And it just, it was such, uh, that was probably a, a highlight year for sure. Uh, I'm not saying that. You know, that was my best year as a, as a driver, as a, as a car, just, you know, we were full out. That was, we were going races. I think, uh, I think that was a year we had, you know, 35 races and, uh, went for the national championship. We got our, uh, 21 wins and, uh, went down there and I couldn't handle the pressure <laughs> and, uh, screwed up the nationals, but, uh, you know, it's, that's, a big event to try to go down to. And I think it just, uh, it definitely has gotten me the, the past bunch of years, but. I guess if there's any downside though, that event was in Vegas, right? So if you're going to forget about anything, <laughs> Vegas is the place to forget about it, right? <laughs> well, I don't, I don't drink and I don't party and I don't go out. So it, it really didn't mean much to me being in Vegas, <laughs> unfortunately, you, but. Uh, you just need to find Tim Brockhouse. Well, honestly, <laughs> I've talked to Tim a decent amount enough to know that if I ever was into such a thing, he's the man I would call. Um, <laughs> if Tim's watching this, hey buddy, uh, <laughs> you're 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 uh, 
you're an interesting guy and I hope to see you again soon. I always love watching your race and the after aftermath of your races and the things you do. Um, I think I would have to say watching him get out of the car and stand on the running board and do a donut was probably one of the more wild things I've seen in a legend car. Yeah, it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty wild. Uh, we're live and interactive. Still got Corey Hall here for a few minutes. Drop a question, drop a comment. We're having some fun telling some racing stories. Uh, Denver, you've been quiet over there. What do you have for Mr. Hall? All right, Corey, let's start off. You've obviously got to run lots of tracks. Uh, pick a favorite. Which track is the favorite that you have raced on and why? Oyster bed. Don't even have to think about it. <laughs> so the explanation is uh, the grooves, uh, the how the track is no offense to them. You could probably say terribly paved. Um, and it's not, it's not even, and it's not exactly progressive. It's not anything. It is a hands down driver track. Uh, anytime we've gone there, I've just enjoyed it. You can run so many different grooves depending on the handling, depending on anything that's going on. Um, it's just such a racetrack. I can't even put into words how much I enjoy going there. And I hope COVID can tame down and we can get racing back there because it's just such a great track. You can, um, you know, one and two, you, you can manipulate how the track flattens out on the bottom. If you're tight off, well, you just turn down lower or if you're free, well, you can run a little higher or, or three and four, you know, how you can carry down the bank into three and set up your exit. Um, there's just so many, it's so versatile in how you can drive it per your car handling that it just makes it so fun for a driver and to, to have a track, the outside dominant too, is so neat to be a part of where you don't see much of that at all. Um, you know, aside from Speedway 95 or, or a track like unity, I guess. So next question, I kind of want to throw something at you from uh, 2020. Uh, the Riverglade International, you uh, scored a podium run that race, which was a pretty big deal. You know, that's a big race. Um, yeah. You were behind a little bit of, um, I guess, an entertaining finish. You were kind of <laughs> quietly in third. All the attention was on the top two. Uh, what did you see uh, behind the wheel? And did you think that maybe uh, Ashton Tucker and Jonathan Hicken might have, uh, you know, a little bit of a mess up there? And, uh, you know, did you think you had a chance to sneak through and steal a win? <laughs> it was a it was good hard racing is what i seen um you know i think short track ne racing needs that they need you know ashton to go up and 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 rough jonathan up a little bit and then jonathan get back in line and and rough ashton up a little bit and i think i think that's needed i think both sides you know at the end of the day they were more than happy with how well obviously ashton wanted to win but i think you know the the racing was good it was fun as a driver you want that. You want that challenge and you want to um, be able to get better. I think you take Ashton as a, as a guy with, yeah, experience, but, but limited, you know, he's not a, a veteran, but he's got enough experience and has been done, doing very well that I think he learned from, a, from something like that. And I think you take away stuff like that as a driver where, um, you know, a little rough and tough isn't, isn't all bad. And I think you have to, obviously that's, that's Jonathan's style. I mean, if you run into Jonathan Hicken, I think he smiles. I think that's when he says, all right, this is our racing. So, um, you know, I think a guy like that, you almost can't give the option of running into him because 
it, it just opens up. He can do the same back, and it, it but it creates a race. I think um, it's it's almost missing. You you take uh, the Pro Stock Tour and the riders that have gone on between Jonathan and and Blakehorn and Blakehorn and Butcher and all these guys. I think it's good. It's it's exciting. It's no different than than myself and Braden those years in Legend Pairs. The fans have to love it because it's it's intense. I mean. You're going back and forth. You're swapping leads. You're running into each other. As long as you're not wrecking each other, it's it's great. Absolutely, and I don't think we've ever heard Petty Raceway as loud as what it was that night with that finish. And, uh, <laughs> you were on the front stretch at the end, uh, quietly in third place, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of enthusiastic fans. Ashton's got a big following, so um, you know they were they were quite adamant that night, but. Uh, you know, I, I think it was a good hard race. I think you look at Ashton's interview and how he handled it. And I think that's what you got to look at more than anything. If, if he thinks it's, if it, he thinks it's, it's hard racing, well, it's, it's hard racing and, and nothing more. So I was watching it, maybe not thinking that I had a chance just because there was a, a, a decent gap. They would have had to wreck each other. And I, I know they're, they're better drivers than that, but, uh, Certainly was was exciting. It was fun to be in the mix and to battle with those guys. That was probably one of the closer runs we had to the front. Maybe uh, the opener at 660 was closer. We led a fair bit of laps and then battle with Ashton. But uh, yeah, uh, Petty's been a, an interesting racetrack for me. Uh, just when when I thought I've had it, uh, it, it, it gets away from me. Um, you know, I, I look at the Mike Stevens, we... Uh, had a good race pair, qualified pole, felt good about it, and went out in the feature and just we just missed it. Um, you know, I just didn't do a good enough job. And it it's crazy how it changes, how it drives. It's just always something new. And I think Jonathan just has such a good grasp on that compared to everybody else that it's pretty incredible to watch. For sure, you know, they say Petty is Hicken's house, but uh, with, you <laughs> might have a little more insight. You know, Jonathan's talked about, uh, you know, no one uses that R word, but, uh, you know, potentially scaling back and whatnot. Uh, do you think we'll see Jonathan in a pro stock still? Cause that's all the chatter is everyone wants to beat Jonathan at Petty. <laughs> uh, myself included. Um, I want to see him race. I tease him all the time about him getting back in a race car. I hate to see him quit. I want to, uh, you know, it's no different than Blakehorn. I want all the best guys to show up and I want a challenge and I want to go out there and, and have a battle with the best of them. And, and if I can't compete, well, I got to go work harder. So um, hopefully he comes back for, for maybe a couple races. There's no word yet from that camp, what the plan is or what's going on. All, all they're saying is retired. So um, we'll see. Uh, I know a lot of people hate to hear it. I know I hate to hear it, but we'll see. And all racers, Never, they never truly retire, as people like to say. But for yourself, <laughs> looking forward, um, any big races in terms of late models that you want to hit up in the states? Is there anything on your, uh, you know, in your plans in the works or, or on that bucket list to uh, to hit? Whew. Uh, bucket list, lots. Uh, means of getting to very little. <laughs> Obviously, for right now, we're working as hard as we can to. Uh, get enough sponsorship to do what we're looking to do around here, which is a, a handful of races or 
or whatever, you know, we can get with obviously COVID and work and stuff. But uh, yeah, um, obviously New Smyrna is a track that uh, I think everybody looks at in awe and wants to be there. I know I want to be there. Uh, I think it's a, it's a neat track. It looks fun on iRacing. It's fun. Um, I'd love to do it, but uh, you know, first we just got to focus on uh, getting up speed around here and getting the funding we need to, to compete around here. And I think uh, once we can get that and maybe hopefully we can start looking away, but uh, for right now, stay a little bit smaller and take what we can get and, and go from there. Now, looking at this, this pro stock career, you've only been here for a couple of seasons, dabbled in those couple of rides, but mm -hmm. you talk about those, those youngsters, you've raced against Nicholas Noggle and, and Butcher and, and Blinkhorn and kind of dabbled with legend cars and what have you, but those, those older veterans per se, or those, those uh, experienced <laughs> drivers, we'll call it. Yeah. Uh, is there anybody that, that when you got into a pro stock and got to race with, they said, Hey, this is, this is pretty cool. I get to race with somebody that I used to grow up watching. Oh, um, there was a lot. I think uh, right off the bat, we had, uh, I raced the, the car for King in Petty, uh, the season opener in 2018, I believe it was. And to, uh, we won the heat race and started third and battled with, you know, Darren McKinnon and then uh, had the flat and came back up through the field and to pass guys like your, your Greg Proud, who you've you watched win races and, and Craig Slomwhite, who you've watched win races and be successful. And, uh, you know, to go by Jonathan at the time was neat. Um, along with your Blakehorn was probably one of the coolest ones to race with and be near, um, you know, and then to, to race against, um, to race against Cole and Nick and all the guys that you kind of know, um, what was neat. It, it's, I'm kind of late to the party, I guess you could say. Uh, it's weird to, to have raced against these guys in legend cars. Um, and then to get into pro stocks and I'm the, I'm the new guy, I'm the rookie. And, you know, I, I always was, but, um, it's just, uh, you know, with my age and stuff, I'm kind of, a little bit late to the party and it's a little odd, but uh, trying to try to make the best of it what we can. And, and we've worked exceptionally hard to, to get to this. We'll make last call on social now. So if you have a question, comment, be sure to drop it below. I know Dylan's got a couple over there. We'll get to, but looking forward, obviously we don't really know what 2021 is going to hold just yet. It, it almost looks like it's trending towards a late June, early July sort of start. Uh, Similar the last year, yeah. Yeah, the Pro Stock Tour has a brand new sponsor in East Coast International. I, yep. I know they're hyped up and getting ready to go. There's an MB Pro Stock Series that's been deferred for at least the first couple of races by the looks mm -hmm. of it. What does your schedule look like? What, where are we going to see that 83 car? Yeah, um, again, it's all up in the air. Uh, I love to run, you know, if PEI can open, I'd love to race there. Like I said, that's probably my favorite track. Uh, and then I, I, enjoy 660 i think if there's a track that uh someone said where can you break out and get it done i think 660 is the place uh we had success there early and just never got to to do anything more with it i think um it's it's a fun track and i think it's one of the tracks i've picked up quicker than maybe others so i'd love to get there um obviously petty i mean that's 
that's the home racetrack. So uh, that'll be on the schedule. Um, and then everything else would be just gravy. So we'll see what, uh, what takes place and what we can get. But obviously the main focus uh, for King is servicing our great customers and, and keeping them running up front. I know Slam White was out practicing and, and was very happy with his Fury race car and, and along with uh, the Reeds and, uh, and everyone else that's, that's a part of our program, Troy Burke, and just trying to keep, trying to keep those guys running and, and happy and, and, and competing up front. From the business standpoint, how cool is it to see some of those race cars that, you know, in the customers and clients that you've worked with, be able to run up front and have good runs and kind of have that pride in your work? Yeah, it's, it's what we take, you know, great pride in. We want to come to the racetrack and, and have our cars 100% prepared. Obviously, everybody makes mistakes, but we, we work on not making mistakes. And Andrew, is he's, uh, he's very good at, um, you know, not picking things apart per se, but making sure that, that everything's in line. Um, you know, obviously, when we go to the racetrack with, with King or, or try to go with our customers, it's all planned. We have everything in line and try to make the day go as smoothly as we can to ensure success. And that's a big part of racing is your before race preparation. And that's what we pride in at King is, uh, is giving our customers not only uh, race winning cars with the setups and, and the gear on them, but uh, a quality car that, uh, that is, is good and versatile and, and can go to any track and compete. Speaking of one of those young drivers that's going to be in a pro stock sooner rather than later, I just have a feeling. I know he's watching on social. Uh, Dylan Langell, last call. Uh, I see Danny Chisholm over there. Yeah, (laughs) Danny's watching here, and he's wondering, you know, what is it like working under um, Jonathan Hicken? I mean, legend in racing right here, but, uh, I mean, he's been with King Racing for a long time as well. Yeah, uh, it's been great. Um, uh, Jonathan working here and, and Andrew as well. Um, obviously there's a lot to learn with both of them. And I've been trying to pick Jonathan as much as I can on, on his race craft and his tricks at Petty, but uh, I don't know if he's not willing to give them up, which is hopeful for a sight of a return, or if it's just, he just does it and it just works. Uh, he can't really maybe explain why, but it just works. So, um, you know, he's helped me out and, and tried to help me as a driver. And then, uh, working with, with Andrew is, uh, there's a lot to learn and I'm working hard at trying to soak up as much as I can. And it's been great working with him. We go to the track and, um, you know, it's, uh, it's good to work with him and we've had, had good runs. So. Uh, Craig Slomlight's also watching he <laughs> wrote, how's your seat mold coming along? <laughs> Asked any chisholm. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> that's, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, you know, I'll kind of throw out some questions to you, Corey, that we usually see here, and it's yep. always interesting to, to get driver's takes. Um, you go into a corner with a couple of guys. Who do you want on the inside and outside is always a common question. I think Tim has thrown that around a few times. I'm sorry, say that again? Uh, you're going a new corner three wide. Who do you want inside of you and the outside of you? Whew. Who do I want inside or outside? That's a very good question. I would have to, what, what series or does it matter? 
Oh boy, we're getting real deep in here. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, three uh, three wide in a legends car would scare it's me. Very the easy. Would scare me. You know? Okay, so the <laughs> legends. A three wide in a legend car is very easy and been done many a times. Uh, now, if if I was to be three wide with someone, uh, I would immediately say Shelby Baker. I've raced with Shelby lots between uh, 2017 and 2018, and uh, not as much. Uh, late, but I haven't been racing much, but I would have to say Shelby is probably one of the number one guys. Um, I've been able to run door to door with him and, and, and never an issue. I'd say another guy would be Dylan Blakehorn. I've had great runs with him. Ah, aside from that, that takes a lot of trust to, to be a hundred percent confident in someone. Um, I would say, Obviously, I, I feel pretty good about being around Craig as well. Um, yeah, I'm sure there's people that I race with that I've, I would trust. Another guy would be Austin Terras down in the States. I've had great runs with him close, close quarters and, and never had an issue. Um, and even Braden, you know, I, I would have no problem with Braden inside or outside. I, I know he's a, he's a good driver and, I know for him to to slip up India would not be a, a thing that you would normally see out of him. So I don't know. Um, yeah, that's probably all I can think of right now. Uh, I'll pick another one here from the usual pile. And it's something we don't want to see too often, but your worst wreck. What would you say is your worst wreck in your career so far? Worst wreck. I don't know. I've had some, I've had some, uh, not so fun ones. I've never had a terrible one. Um, I would have to say, uh, uh, oyster bed was a hard one. Uh, hit a muffler, hit the wall, had a bunch of other cars hit me that hurt. Um, after it compounded, we wrecked the night before in Scotia, uh, got turned in the fence head on that, that didn't feel great. But then, then the oyster bed the day after really didn't feel great. Um, honestly, I, I can't remember. My memory's not great with some of this stuff. Craig would have a better idea maybe than me on some of this stuff. Uh, yeah, that's that's probably the worst. Did you ding your did, did you ding your head? Is that why you can't remember? <laughs> You would think you would think I have. I don't think I have, but you would think talking to me, I probably have. Uh, let's say that everything gets back to semi-normal by June, July. What race are you looking forward to the most doing the Pro Stock Series? Yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I like going to the racetrack. It doesn't matter too much to me what track. Obviously, I have my couple of favorites. Um like I said, Petty's great because it's a hometown kind of deal, uh, but it it has a hate relationship with me. So um, just never been able to have a, a, a win there uh, as of late. You know, in the bandos, we had great runs and, and did well. And then in the legend car, we'd have good runs and it would just all fall apart. Um, I spun out leading um, once. I've had races just slip away from me i've had rainouts come back the next day and the track wasn't the same and just missed it um you know and then i've had races where in petty where the 
uh, one of the, the switch broke and I went down two laps. So I don't know. It's just, uh, it's just been a tough track, but I would say obviously the Mike Stevens is a, is a big weekend and one I look forward to along with, uh, the, the Riverglade international, uh, the 250 and, and 660 has always been a neat weekend. Um, and it would be a good one to, to run. Now, before we let you go, I know you don't do it alone. There's a lot of marketing partners on the side of your race car. And I know there's, there's room for more if anybody wants to hop on. And I know your, your crew and your family mean a lot to this race team as well. Uh, who helps it uh, get to the racetrack every week? Yeah, it is a complete group effort. There is so many people that have, that have lent a hand right from the start of my career. And, and I could never be thankful enough for, for all everybody's done believing in me and, and what we're doing and trying to do, uh, it's, it's been great. And, uh, I got to start off mom and dad, they've done so much more than, than anyone, any other parents, um, need to do or or they need to do or or anything. And, uh, you know, obviously my father has a love for the sport and I can't thank him enough for the involvement uh, from him. And then my mother has been going to races and stuff when she can, um, and, and support now she actually just, uh, just got a bunch of hamburgers ready for this year, even though there is no year <laughs> yet for the, for the crew. So then I have to, you know, go on to thank, uh, uh, Rolly and, and Judy and Andrew, um, for helping me out with King and all they do. Uh, Scott McLean has been a big help for, for me for quite a few years and, uh, Craig, Danny, Scott Chisholm, he's from powder coating um gns racing uh they've been a, a a big part of it and helping me get connections it's how i got the job at king um and then paul Goulden has been a big part of it as well robbie's towing uh robbie reed kyle has been a huge help to me over the years uh along with chris my god uh john fleming has, has been helping me out as of late and uh that's been great um man oh man there's just so many people i i hate to forget people uh to fast forward to crew uh dave jordan has been a a massive help he just actually had a had a had a kid and uh, has been preoccupied with that but i would mean to give him a call and, and chat with him but uh and then uh, uh terrence has helped out uh jason uh, Craig Wadden's been to the track with us and helped us out. Um, the Cormiers have helped me out. Uh, and then uh, Earl Wright. Bob Lane has helped me out of the track. Um, Curtis uh, has been a big help at a lot of the races, getting us to... <sighs> My God, I always end up forgetting somebody. I hate it, uh, more, more than I can remember. And, uh, it's just great. Now, before we move on and talk about fantasy picks and get to the thorns, this, we were supposed to have Marty Prevo on tonight. So is there yes, anything that- and to everybody, to everybody <laughs> watching, I'm terribly sorry. I know you expected <laughs> a lot more enthusiastic and lively show. Um, obviously I was even looking forward to seeing Marty on here. Uh, he's, he's a character to talk to. And, and a treat to anybody that gets to gets to speak with him. No different than than Cy Harvey. I think Cy needs to be on here because 
Uh, every time I talk to Cy, it is always great. So is there anything we can ask Marty when we have him on, whether it's next week or down the road, is there anything we can kind of throw at him and kind of stump him with? Hmm. I don't know. I think, uh, I don't think there's much that stumps Marty. I think he's, he's, uh, he just goes, goes with the flow. He's just, uh, <laughs> he's excited to be there. Excited to get his Fury race, race car on the track, that fast Fury that, uh, that he talks about. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, just other than to, to wish him luck and hopefully we'll see him at the track soon. Um, he's, uh, you know, he's, like I said, he's, uh, he's a character. <laughs> this has been fun, Corey. We, we thank you for being a part of this and, uh, oh, we could, we could thanks. go on for thanks hours, for but, uh, uh, There's good too, luck. Get the much. cars ready. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. There is get those cars ready. We'll see you whenever we, we get racing, whatever that may be. Yes. Hopefully soon. Thanks everyone for watching. Thanks for the questions and, uh, hope everybody has a good night. Uh, and we, if you missed this show tonight, you can also watch or listen on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, that's going to be coming up uh, probably later tonight when we look at uh, all the fun stuff uh, on uh, podcast wise. All the, all they're, they're all listed on the screen. Um, let's talk fantasy picks, boys. Um, I know Dylan Langell is kind of excited because Dylan Langell has the point lead. Um, yeah. we, Denver, we didn't race last week, I so know. there's no, there, there's no change in the points, but he's leading. We're going to go with the Fredericton gunshot sharpshooters race this week as our race of the week. So the points are on the screen. We've got two new, two new picks here this week or two <laughs> new that are, that are making picks. Denver, we'll start with you because I think you're more of the left field pick here, but you're kind of going off the board. Who did you pick this week? Well, Tim, I went and rolled the dice this week. Um, so the obvious pick is BJ Gillespie. He's dominated the sharpshooter division the last couple of years. But uh, I figured that, uh, you know, that's too obvious. That's too easy. Rolling the dice, going with Brandon Young. And there's a reason for this. His car was so fast last race, he even, you know, he could fly. He literally was flying. So uh, fastest car on the track in the feature until he ended up in the beach. So I have high expectations that uh, we're going to see a first-time winner, and I'm going to get this points lead. You're pulling a Mike Joy on me. Pick the low-hanging fruit. I went with BJ Gillespie. Uh, obviously dominated the 10 laps that we had two weeks ago. So I, I think he's going to be in victory lane. Mr. Langell actually has a pretty good pick, too, though. Who'd you pick for, or for Saturday night? Pick my buddy Matt Martin. He had a good run last uh, last time they were at 660. Dabbled in some uh, some street stocks last year, but uh, I don't know if he's doing street stock racing this year. But uh, hey, that number 33 uh, was looking pretty fast though, so I expect him to get the big checker flag so I can stay in the points lead. And Meredith is off camera. She picked Randy Titus. I think that's a pretty safe pick as well. She Brittany probably picked Tim because she's a huge fan of the lights. I mean, Randy's a hell of a wheel man, but she, <laughs> she likes the lights. We all know that. Before we get to our next guest, Brittany Hoyt is actually on the call. I don't know if she's actually listening or not. Brittany, who did you pick? I want the bucket to win. I want the bucket to come back. It had some great <laughs> airtime, speed weekend. I'd love to see it back. I really would. Okay, that's enough for her. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Okay. So she picked BJ Gillespie to win. <laughs> let's, let's leave it at that. But uh, 
you can make your own picks. We'll throw that up Friday on the, uh, the Facebook page. You can make your own picks and you can join in. Uh, I think the fans collectively picked Ashton Tucker the last time we raced, and we're not going to discuss how Ashton Tucker did, but it is what it is. Uh, let's move on to our next guests. Uh, driver is at Eastbound Park, driver of the 06 and the 16 Sportsman cars, and a brand new deal for Sarah with Hickman Automotive Group. You're seeing the video on the screen. Sarah and Ross Thorne, welcome to the show. How you doing? So far, so good. Uh, how's your preparation been for the season? Uh, winter's treated you guys well? Talk away, sir. Uh, well, we we took my my car out in December. Let's say early February. Early February, and I've been at that gradually ever since. Father's car came out the trailer. Last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of our resources going into the old six this year. And it looks good. And I know you said on the uh, the Hickman deal that you hung the body, did all that. You guys are all ready to go. So, Sarah, you've got a good piece. Are you confident in this uh, first race coming up on Sunday? I, I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm not going to be overly confident. I just hope to do well, especially where it's my first race with them. We are live and interactive on the Eastbound Park Facebook page as well. So if you have a question, comment, be sure to drop it below and keep Dylan Langell busy because I know he was busy during the first half of this show. Want to keep him keeping his, uh, his keep uh, throughout the, uh, the evening. Uh, Ross, for those that don't know, there's a maritime connection to that race car because that race car is a former Colby Smith race car that Sarah's driving, right? Yeah, we bought it in, uh, in 2018 there mid for the last two races, I guess, of Eastbound there. And, and uh, yeah, she's pretty, pretty nice car. So last year got to do a little bit of racing, obviously with the COVID, it was a little bit shortened, but 2019, that first full season, Sarah, with that race car, how cool was it to get that thing out on the racetrack and uh brand new piece uh, to you guys and pretty much brand new piece period. Uh, how neat was it to get that out in the racetrack? It was, it was pretty fun. She got a nice bit of speed and she handles really well. So that was, that was great. Didn't have to tweak too many things with it. Now, I guess we'll, we'll start back with the racing career. We'll start at the start. Ross, how did you get your start in racing? <laughs> We used, there used to be a lot of dirt roads around there back when I was a teenager. So we always used to have fun on them. And then the Avondale Speedway was on the go there and we heard about it and everything. And just for shits and giggles, we put in a hobby stock there. Me and my brother there one day, we went up to where I used to work to and scrapped her all out and shoved the roll cage in her and went out on a Sunday for some fun. And one Sunday turned into another Sunday and then we said we got to go into the sport in V8 or super stock. You called in back then, I guess, or would be sportsman now. So the following year, that was the last two races of that season. And the following year, then the spring, we went down the, the Trinity Bay shore there. I used to go collect scrap metals and stuff. And uh, we're putting new flyers and we stopped into this Turner's garage and Seen this V8 car there, and I said, holy Jesus, you know, and uh, hit it off with Gary Turner, which was a big part of racing and still is with us. And uh, asked him, was the car for sale? And uh, yes, and 
And he said, we're going to need some help with it because we don't know nothing about racing. And uh, Gary's been a big part of our family since that. And he helped us out and brother was a big part of it. And a couple more of my good friends, Trevor and Larry Clark and that. And, and we, you know, we had some real good years at the, at the dirt track racing. And so when did, you, so, when did you guys start racing dirt track? Pardon? When did you guys start racing dirt track? Bay Roberts used to have a dirt track way back, like Dean Martin and and Gary Turner and the uh, Aunt St. George's brother and a lot of them over shore. I didn't know about that, about that track back then. And then that kind of got shut down and, and Burn was in the process of building Avondale dirt track and, and started, but I, I Dirt track racing and, and then these racing with the ghouls and St. John's have been around for a long time. Dirt track at the new flat, right? No, when did you start dirt track? When at, least start? Sarah, at least Sarah's listening. Thank you. No, I, <laughs> I started dirt track when uh, Olivia was uh, one years old. So that was 18 years ago. Yeah. So that, that, that's a while ago. So the, yeah. the, tra- the transition from Getting into that dirt track, obviously Eastbounds. I think Mike, correct me earlier, seven years. I think now. Where did where did you get that itch to, to get on the pavement? Well, when uh, after Sarah was born, I think when she was probably two, we gave up dirt track. Then we were probably at it four years and or five years, and and we gave up on it. But our cousin Shane used to start it back then, and we used to follow him a bit, but then. He shut Avondale down and the uh, you start running down in Bishop Falls there in Thunder Valley. So we used to go down as family every now and then to watch. And then one weekend, me and Sarah went down and uh, the Bandoleros were going around, of course. And she said there, and, and we uh, ended up buying a Bandolero for her. And then when we started going to Avondale with the Bando and, and the boys there that used to be racing, Wayne Walsh and him and a few other boys said, well, you got to get a car, you got to get a car and all that. So then, you know, and once you race and every time he goes to the track, you get itch. As soon as, as soon as far as up the engines out in the garage or wherever it's due, you get that itch to get back at it. So Sarah ran a couple of weeks by herself and then, you know, we ended up with Sportsman too. And then we ended up with another band off for Olivia. So we were in pretty much at it ever since. So, Sarah, you get a Bandolero, you get on the racetrack. What were your first thoughts? What do you remember from that first race? Um, we weren't even on the actual track. We were going around on the drag strip and on the front stretch. We <laughs> were in circles. That was me and Owen. So, you get racing, you get the, those laps in, and you had some success because you went from you know, learning the racetrack to all of a sudden, I think it was in 16, winning the championship. So, how did you progress from – just getting in that car to, to getting that championship. Well, when I started, we were like, we we're all just getting used to the bando. So it was, it was like a learning curve for all of us. So we basically like grew up learning, like how to take the car around the track and finding the best line together. And then after when we got really competitive and like, we knew like where we wanted to go and like how fast, like we needed to be to win. Then we got uh, Jack Tanner down with us uh, one weekend. He set us up pretty good, and well, we've been pretty fast ever since. I think. I think if you listen, I think there's a sound of air coming from Shubenacadie right now. 
Um, that Jack here is his name. Uh, we kid because we care. Uh, we're live and interactive as well. Drop us a comment. I know Dylan's going to be busy here in just a few moments. Dylan, you got anything uh, early returns? Uh, well, a lot of people watching on the Eastbound page, uh, more so chiming in and saying hey to you. Um, no questions yet, but uh, leave them here either on Eastbound or Tim's Corner, and we'll make sure to to, to get them over here. And, uh, you know, that track, I'm looking at the footage right now. I mean, how stoked are you to get back there this year? I know, did you get snow or something last weekend you couldn't race? Yeah, we we kind of got snowed out last weekend, so it had to be canceled. It's set for Sunday now, uh, June uh, May thirtieth. So we're pretty excited to get back out there and see what everything's all about again. Was it enough snow to get the shovel out, or did it go away pretty quick? <laughs> no, it it kind of melted when it hit the ground. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty exciting that, um, you know, you had a shortened season last year, and it looks like that uh, besides snow showing up, it's going to be full steam ahead. That's going to be pretty exciting for 2021 at Eastbound, right? Yeah, it, uh, how many weeks is it? Ten? Ten weeks, 14 or 16 races altogether. So that's pretty exciting. Our first race is 100 laps, so... <laughs> so from going to a bandolero where you were and you guys run extended distance bandolero races seems like every week like you guys are 30 25 30 laps every single week but going from that small little race car where you guys are hoofing it around that racetrack to 100 laps with sportsman cars how big of a transition is that for you uh it was a lot it was a lot different like my body was very sore afterwards and I was sweating so much, I had to get one of those tubes for my helmet to <laughs> keep me cool. But when the adrenaline's going through, you don't really notice how many laps have gone by or how many is left to go. So it, it wasn't bad for that part of it, just after and <laughs> the morning after and stuff like that. It was a bit tough. Now that... Let's go talk about that 2016 Bandolero Championship because that was a huge deal for everybody over at Eastbound. You winning the championship, becoming the first female driver to do so. Uh, how big was that for you in your racing career? It, it really defined me as like a female racer, like in a male dominated sport. Like it was really huge. Like not like people still like they don't they don't look at me and it's like, oh, like she must race cars. Like I got, I got fingernails. Like you never look at me and like say that like I I work on a car every day or that like I I am a very competitive racer out there. You wouldn't look at me and say that. So to win that championship and and get that that relief because you you guys have a very stiff bandolero competition over there. There's some really young talent that's going to come through that those ranks. How big was that to win that championship and be able to celebrate in the front straightaway at the finale? It, it was huge. I, I think it brought all of us together. We, we, it was really tough that year, like with everything. We were just, we we're still getting used to like everything about the track and about the car. So like everything just went our way that year uh, between me like getting into a bit of trouble there during practice and not even having a heat race. We just went straight into the main event that, uh, that weekend because of rain. We got, uh, we got in trouble in the, 
in practice. And then luckily Trevor Warren was there. We got the car back together just in time to go out for the main event. I needed a top three finish to win championship. And you guys have done some traveling as well, because I remember you guys coming back to 660 a couple of years ago and running the Bando Blast. Ross, you got to run the sportsman car. I think Shane was there that year too. Ross, what do you remember about that trip to Speedway 660? <laughs> kind of mind-blowing. Uh, it was like, you know, it was definitely a step up for, for us back then, for me anyway, for the being new at the paid track racing and, the, you know, the level of competition that was that was up there. It was, you know, it was challenging and nice. And But like you said, I mean, the, the guys up there can certainly run their cars. Sarah, what do you remember about that Bandolero blast? It was interesting. <laughs> a little different than Eastbound, right? Yeah, they're they're a lot more packed together up there. And then you guys went, well, Ross was there, but Ross never got to drive. You went to Winter Nationals, didn't you? Yes. What, what I, I know it wasn't a great week, but what do you remember about that week down in Florida? <laughs> I remember that I never finished a race. <laughs> <laughs> But the experience, What we just had Corey Hall on here, and he explained about Winter Nationals being five races in five days and all the experience. What did you learn in a Bandolero at that event? Well, I learned that you got to have a lot more patience, in, especially in tightly packed cars. That was a big uh, learning curve, I guess, uh, coming from a Bando to a sportsman. Like you still gotta have a lot of patience where the cars are a lot bigger and they got a lot more power. So you can't, I don't know, like run away with lap times as much. And different competition being from, you know, here and going down in the States and, and learning the different competition, different racetrack. It, it's, it's a huge experience. Uh, did it help you at all when, when you went down there and, and learned that racetrack and learned that competition when you ended up moving to a sportsman car? Uh, well, it's, it helped me realize that like, there's no right way to uh, like go around somebody. Like you can't always, they're going to do every something different every single lap. Same thing as in a sportsman car. They're, you never know what somebody's going to do in front of you. And that's why spotters help a lot. <laughs> When you moved up into that sportsman car, we kind of asked Corey Hall the same thing, and don't mind the young fella sitting beside you, but uh, there's a lot of, of older guys, experienced drivers in that division. You got guys like Gerald Hicks and, you know, Scotty Wright and Ches Cole and Dean Martin and uh, all those guys that have that experience in a sportsman car. Uh, when you first moved up, how cool was it to, to race with some of those guys that have been racing for, for a while? Well, it was interesting to see how, like, what their driving style was like compared to mine. Like, I'm used to what we call the Bando line out eastbound. It's it's what we found was the fastest way to get around the track where the cars have no horsepower. And it's just, it's interesting to see compared to everyone else's line out there. Now, Ross, I'll ask you the, the kind of the inverse question. You have Sarah moving up into a sportsman car. Owen Groves has made his name in a sportsman car. Some of those younger talents that are moving up. What uh, what have you learned from those, those younger younger people on the racetrack? I mean, uh, like Aaron, uh, Owen, and, and Sarah there, I mean, in 20, 
19 there and we had some qualifying there and they were two at the top three qualifying times of the 23 cars i think so i mean that kind of speaks for herself and they were two of the smoothest cars in the time trials they're coming off the turns and going around the turns so you know they, they obviously can run they can run good lines and once they get used to the uh which zone's kind of trumping her a bit and he's he's more patient than sarah and that uh, don't get in as much trouble in heavy traffic. So, uh, but I mean, they're going to be, they're going to be good drivers. Same thing with like Neri there is a really good driver. And, uh, you know, we had young Nicholas Codner was in the band. Was, he was a really good driver. And you got Joey Arsenal, a really good driver. They're fast cars. And, and he transitions well to, to the legend or the uh, sportsman there, right? We are live and interactive. Be sure to drop us a comment. We'll go to Dylan Langell. Dylan, do I see Richard Atkinson watching us tonight? Yeah, Richard's watching, always tunes in. He says, boy, I'd love to try that track. Uh, for you two there, Sarah and Ross, that run there normally, uh, let's say someone from away comes to eastbound to do their first race. Any tips for maybe a sportsman driver showing up for the first time? Take her away. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd say just ease into her, but I remember when I first got on the track with Sportsman, I, <laughs> I didn't know, like, exactly what I was doing, I should say. <laughs> and I kind of demolished the old 16 car. <laughs> it's a, one and two is, is really nice. She comes off two, two really nice, and she kind of sinks into it there, and you're going down the back stretch with some good speed. And, Enters in the tree well, but four kind of flattens off and drops out there. So for after making some very, very interesting finishes coming off forward here for the checker. <laughs> lots of carnage and lots of good good wins there, but she kind of she throws you for a loop there pretty quick. Is that because the drag strip is right there next to turn four because there's a little extra space there? It maybe throws off uh, your depth perception coming out of the turn? Yeah, I don't know. It was designed for the make all the excitement for the last lap, or it's just where they got the drag strip right close to it. You probably got the lower track down. I don't know, but it's, it's very, it's very challenging. Turn four is kind of like flattens off, so like we're coming down flat with the grandstands. Yeah, the the you know off turn four and down the front stretch is you know the same height level as the drag strip there. So it's uh, she drops off quick here coming down to the tree. One of the best sportsman racers from Nova Scotia, Jordan Vino's watching, and he wrote that that place looks awesome and he'd love to try it, but he's wondering for a sportsman car, what gears do you need? We're uh, we're trying some new ones now this year, but most of it been 514s, and, uh, but some guys are going to be running some 529s this year, I think, because we got a we got the MSD boxes in this year with 5,800 chip. So we're going to be tweaking with that a bit this year. But normally it's been a pretty close on a 514. Uh, one of your fellow competitors, uh, I guess, racing the Legends division this year, Austin Hiscock's watching. I've been watching the entire time here. And he wrote, what are your goals for 2021? So, Sarah, I guess we'll start with you. What's the main goal for this year? Um, well, I'm hoping to finish every race. <laughs> But I'm really hoping to try to lock down a championship win this year. You, Ross? 
I'm hoping she don't come in on the back hole, <laughs> on the forks <laughs> of the back hole. <laughs> but no, she got a she got a good car there, and we got a and we're focusing more on her this year than rather than uh, the two cars running. So I mean, uh, she got a well built car there, it's a good handling car, and, and she can drive. So we're just open for open for top fives and uh, and a, a win or two, and you know we should be there at the end of the year. That's what we're that's what we're shooting for. Uh, now all the comments are piling in here on the eastbound page. Uh, Mark, Mark, Mark Best just wrote, "Hey Sarah, would you give the uh, the old man a bump and run for the win?" Oh, I, I definitely would. <laughs> a bit more than that, I'd say. We could uh, we could see that uh, Father's Day after Father's Day we might have their car lift in the team dorm shop. Trudy Thorns on the Eastbound page watching, and they wrote, "How do you feel about racing side by side with your daughter this year?" We we've had a couple of instances here in the Maritimes in New Brunswick where a driver races with his daughters, but you know that that's pretty special, right? Uh, Dylan, I'm going to preface this: Is she behind the camera watching this answer? No, she's in the room uh, on her own little (laughs) thing. Okay, so we can speak freely. Go ahead. Well, I mean, it's uh, from my point of view, it's, it's pretty funny there. Uh, one of the first races she raced in the sportsman division, I was out there and uh, I was at chest call can be a hell of a fellow to get around sometimes. And you can't get on the outside. Well, I couldn't anyway, not the 16 car regards power wise. And so Sarah was on the outside of me and I was behind chess and we were running and running and running. And I was trying to get and I couldn't get and I couldn't get. And then, then we dove into turn three and Sarah took two of us on the outside and she was waving to me out the window there <laughs> when she was going around me in the middle of the turn. So that was, uh, that was, that was a pretty good moment there. Any more of those moments, Sarah, that, that you can recall racing or, or it, can we tell the story from your, it, was there a reason why you put the hand out the window? Well, he's always uh, razzing me about stuff. So, you know, I just wanted to prove to him that like, you know, He's getting pretty old, and maybe it's time to sing up. <laughs> okay, we'll leave it at that. Dylan, what else do you got on the Eastbound page? I think we're cooled down for now here, but I'm sure things will get spicy as we go along here. So uh, keep keep them coming here. We got them for a little while longer, and uh, it's cool to hear these stories, especially from somewhere I've never been in Newfoundland and never been to Eastbound. So it's so cool hearing these stories and just, it just makes you want to get on a plane once all this COVID stuff clears up to get to the track. I had a flight booked for June 20th, but obviously that's not going to happen. So hopefully later on in the season, we, we can do that. But I want to, I want to ask about the other member of your team, which is she's called the social butterfly, I guess. Is that what we're still calling her? <laughs> so she sent a photo in and she told me that I had to use this or I didn't get any drinks when I'm over to Newfoundland later on this season. <laughs> okay, Paul, bring it up. It's you, Ross. I think this was last Friday and there's some scuffs on the front of that vehicle that weren't there before. <laughs> Can we explain this somehow? What, what, are, what are we... We're, we're seeing the Jeep. What, are, what what happened there? Oh, the Jeep. <laughs> well, uh, Sarah's beating up cars all the time, and Trudy after uh, Trudy after bouncing off through culverts and uh, ditch a few times. So I figured that after 22 years, I tried to fit in there, and uh, I was uh, turning turn around the Winnebago there in the, in the backyard, and 
had her close to Trudy's Jeep there and when I pulled out and cut her two hard bars, bumpers swung out on Winnebago and limbed the two bumpers there. So that was getting ready to go to the track for practice. <laughs> so if that's the only thing you scuff this season, you're doing good, right? I'm doing good, yeah. Yeah, really well. Now, I, we do have the, the pictures of Olivia's role from, I think it was 16. We'll show those at some point um, just to get back at her on that. Uh, and I'm sure I'll hear it on the phone. But uh, how cool is it to have the whole family involved, Ross? Obviously, Trudy's been there by your side. You've got Olivia at the racetrack. You got, you got Sarah blowing by you on the outside line. How cool is it to have the whole family involved? Well, I mean, pretty much to be part of the race and you got the whole family involved. And uh, I mean, I'm proud to two girls used to be racing side by side and they've been active, you know, with, with all parts of it. Then, like I said, it creates a lot of memories and weighs a lot of good family time here with it. It's challenging too sometimes, but, you know, for all in all, it's great. And it kind of rolls into the, the new marketing package with Hickman Automotive Group because their, their slogan is family drives everything. Sarah, how cool is it to have the Hickman Automotive Group on your car and on your side this year? It, it's pretty exciting. Um, I'm happy to like evolve like with a new like team. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to call it. In partnership. I don't, I don't know. But I, I am... I'm going to miss Bay by Bay on the bottom, I got to say. But at, at least my spotter's still with me. <laughs> so so who do you have on, on the headset? Who do you have as a spotter this year? Okay, so <laughs> let, let me get this right. So if Ross is in the car, is he spotting for you in the car? No, I think Olivia might be back uh, between the headphones if uh, he's back in the car. What did I hear about her potentially getting in the sportsman car? We just saw the photos of the last time she was in a bandolero. That didn't end well. <laughs> so what, what Trudy, Trudy's been pushing for it. Is, is that going to be something that we see sometime down the road here? Well, you, you never know with us. We could do anything, but you know, it's uh, the opportunity's there if she wanted to. I guess we'd have to get have to get some practice days in for her, but uh, you, you never know with us. Because I mean we just razzing each other sometimes and and then you you know, you got to put your money where your mouth is. So <laughs> if, if there's too much talk about it, someone's going to drive it, right? Let's look forward to Sunday now. Uh, obviously, we got all the snow and the rain out of the way. Uh, beautiful conditions coming up. Mike James told me earlier there was 10 tickets left, and that was at about noontime today. So if you don't have your tickets yet and they're still on sale, they might be sold out by now, but head over to the Eastbound Park page and get your tickets. Uh, what are you guys most looking forward to on Sunday being the first race of the season? Me, I'm just hoping for some, you know, some good car counts and everybody finishes without much damage and the MSDs works out fine because everyone's bringing them in year new and uh, and Sarah don't get broke up and we shoots for, you know, top five finish for what we're shooting for. What's you shooting for? No damage because then I got to fix it. <laughs> So it's two cars clean, back in the shop, no no real damage to fix for the next week. Because you guys, I think, are going back to back. You guys race the next week too, don't you? Yes. yes. Yeah. So just keep it all clean, one piece, no no work, move on to, to next week. Denver, you've been quiet. I know you haven't been to Eastbound Park yet, but what do you have for the Thorns? So the first question I have, and it's kind of a question for both of you. Um, so Eastbound, 
It's the only track in Atlantic Canada with, with the uh, NASCAR weekly series. I guess it's the Advanced Auto Parts uh, series sanctioning. Uh, what does it mean to, uh, first of all, have that, but also what does that, uh, you know, from your perspectives, what does it add to the Speedway having that, uh, you know, that clout of being a, a NASCAR sanctioned track? Well, I guess, I mean, it brings extra opportunities and, you know, a little bit more attention and, uh, and stuff. And I mean, if, if he ends up winning the championship, he gets to go to North Carolina there, I believe it is, or, or somewhere there down in the States for, for that. And I mean, this, this is pretty good. And you, you know, it's, it's, you, people be calling and wishing us luck and announcing stuff and that is, it's, and you know, there's a lot of, a lot of opportunities there. You know, it's, it's good. Sarah, what do you think? You know, you said you were earlier, you want to go for that championship. What would it mean if you're, uh, you know, assuming COVID and everything, but get the uh, big celebration uh, if you were to get that championship? Well, I'm, I'm hoping we would still get to uh, go away to North Carolina if we do, in fact, get the championship. It'd be pretty disappointing if we don't. It'd be a missed opportunity. Well, that would just mean you'd have to win it again the next year, right? <laughs> I guess it would, yeah. But she's only 17, so she should, she should have a few opportunities, hopefully. Absolutely. So... Another question I have, and I've kind of asked this to uh, Brad Melendi and some of our, and Mark Best, some of the other guests we've had from Newfoundland. So I've obviously, like Tim said, I've never been to Newfoundland or Eastbound Park, but uh, kind of describe what the racing culture is like over there. You guys, Tim said, uh, got to come race in the Maritimes a few times. So is there any similarities, differences? What could someone expect if they're going, you know, from someone like me that's used to New Brunswick and Nova Scotia to, uh, to go watch a race in Newfoundland? A bit more rough and savage. <laughs> yeah, so we're not so experienced, I, I would say, as you know, the, uh, the maritime racing. So we have a lot more incidents, a few more cautions. But I mean, it's all great. Everybody tries to help each other out. So, you know, if somebody needs a solid axle or an upper control arm or, or whatever, you know, a radiator, we kind of help each other the best we can there. And, and it leads for the track, you know, and so it's, it's it's entertaining, you know, and it's an awesome facility. It's fast, you know, really fast and well well built. It's beautiful, right? And the, but the weather's a bit chilly, so if anyone's coming over, bring bring some heavier heavier clothes. Yeah, and the water kind of blows off the the water and, and gets the 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 icy air in there. Sarah, what what's the what's the main difference in UC? From racing, you know, Winter Nationals, racing Speedway 660 to, to, to racing at Eastbound Park? Well, I'd, I'd say there's a lot less brakes involved. <laughs> uh, I guess drivers like to think they know a lot more than the next person. Like, and they don't, they, they just think that the whole track is theirs. So, and sometimes it can get a bit frustrating, but everyone's still learning together, so. A race car driver that thinks they know more than the other. That's, that's racing, isn't it? That, that's, that's the, it doesn't matter where you go. That's, that's race car drivers. <laughs> well, like, you, there's a bit more mutual respect up in, uh, up in the Maritime, so. 
you guys have been there since pretty much day number one at Eastbound. There's been a, a huge, the, the program's kind of tightened up a little bit though. We, we talk about a few cautions here and there. Everybody has their bad nights, but Ross from, from day number one uh, to those, you know, two and three hour sports and races that the marathons that we had to, you know, being able to get a 35 lap to a 40 lap feature in without a caution uh, a couple of times in 2019, how, uh, how has the progression been from, from the driver's seat to, to see that? Uh, like I said, it's great. We, we have to come in a long ways. I mean, we got this, this you know, car camps are going to be a little bit slacker here, but we're probably looking at 15 or 16 cars in, in sportsman there. And not saying to Shane a couple times a week and said to Sarah, like, you know, you're going to have at least 12 cars that could win any given, any given day that are that, that are that close to now. And, you know, in the drivers and the cars and the ability, you know, and with the MSDs there, I mean, probably going to be running 17 fours. So a lot of people can run 17 fours consistently. And that's going to, you know, that's going to improve everything, I believe, out there. Now, coming up this weekend, you mentioned Shane's coming back to sports and racing. He's been dabbling back and forth, doing some legend car racing, back and forth, took a year off, all that fun stuff. Sarah, the question is, does he know that it's family drives everything that's on the back bumper, right? Is he gonna is he gonna get used to that this year? <laughs> I'm not sure. What what can we what can we say about Shane? Because I'm sure he's watching. What can we say about Shane and his uh, his comeback? What are, what are you most looking forward to to seeing that O2 back out there? Well, I'm I'm hoping he does well, and I hope he sticks out the full year, and he, he don't get much damage. I also hope the passes him. <laughs> start start in front of him, and he doesn't doesn't get ahead of you, right? Yeah. Get used to that back bumper. Family drives everything. Uh, we'll uh, we'll make the last call on social now. Dylan, what do you have over there? Has it has it dried up? I, I've never known a Newfoundland party to dry up. So. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, the wife still got lots of questions. Well, let's let's hear them. <laughs> uh, Tr- Trudy wrote again. What's your best race battle for checkers? So maybe uh, maybe. You go first, Sarah, no matter if it was in Sportsman or Bando. What was probably the most exciting uh, down-to-the-wire finish? i say it would probably be the beginning of 2018. I was in a Bando. It was either my last year or my second last year. And it was uh, me and Michael Neary. And uh, we came at a turn four, and the checker flag was waving. And I, I broke my mirror at the time on, uh, on my right side of me. So I couldn't see nothing on that side. And we, as soon as he comes up four, he drifts up high. And I was just about to pass the checkered line. And uh, all what I heard was big bang. And I, looked, I turned my head and I looked over and there was dirt and grass flying everywhere. <laughs> it turns out Michael was on the inside of me. What about you, Ross? Uh, I guess one of my best moments was, uh, not regards to Checkered, was uh, we had a driver down from Ontario, I believe, and he, were, he was using the uh, the track car for that for that weekend because he usually brings a guest driver down for one one event a year there. I forget the name the, the driver's name there, but we had a we had a real good run going up there in first and second for uh, must have been thirty or forty laps, I suppose there, but I ended up losing my right rear axle. And coming off turn four, went in there and uh, ended up causing a little incident. But we were running; that was the best day that my car ever felt, I guess, since since a batter. 
and uh, you know, never finished the race, but it was uh, it was a good feeling. Thirty five laps, anyway. And that yeah, looks like it's to be it there. I do see a comment over there from Mark Best about the beer. Uh, for, uh, was it for you? Yeah, it was for me. Well, uh, you've had no beard for like a month now. I know, but but Mark's just noticing it, so he's going to have to get Jim to, to kind of shave up a little bit for the weekend. We're going to have to get some pictures of, of, of Mark and Jim this weekend. I'm sure Mike James can handle that. Uh, we, obviously, Mike, I'm sure, is watching. Is there any funny Mike James stories you guys can tell? Uh, not me. Sarah and Trudy does more talking to Mike than, than I do. I'm kind of busy at stuff. That's only mother. <laughs> so, mother talks to everybody. So, so Mike is safe for now, right? Mike's safe for now, yeah. Uh, let's, let's look forward to this. We mentioned goals for this 2021 season. It's going to be a fun year. Uh, what, what else are you looking forward to maybe uh, besides the goal-wise performance on the racetrack? Uh, looking to have a good time. It, it seems like over there, the hospitality is second to none. What can you say about that atmosphere at the racetrack? It's, it's pretty good. Uh, we had a few chats and a few good laughs out there. So excited to get back and see a few uh, race friends and have a few chats about stuff. Yeah, and, the, and, the, and the boys usually has uh, some bands and stuff playing there during the, uh, you know, during the practice and before the race and stuff like that. And that's stuff for the kids there. So it's, it's pretty, it's a real good atmosphere there. I like the, hopefully the COVID lifts and I like to see, uh, get Jack over with us. He had him in there now for, for a while for, for racing that. And he's a big part of us. Like I said, there when, when we had the bando first, about the bando there, I used to be, uh, Shane was big into the racing then and, and I'm saying, Shane, but Jesus, we need some help with the band though or something because I mean, we didn't know a big lot of cars. And he got talking to Frank, certainly. And Frank and Jack, I think, lives side by side there. We're, we're real close anyway. So he, uh, we got Jack's number off Frank and we called up Jack. And, uh, and that was on a Monday or Tuesday. And that uh, Friday evening we picked him up to the airport <laughs> and he come down with us so he left the airport and we get, got back here to the house and uh, I said uh, Jack you want a beer you want to relax or anything for a bit no he said let's get at that bando and we went up and like we were up in the garage for six hours doing the bando and then we went up six o'clock in the morning for another four hours and then we went out to the track practicing with the bando with Sarah there and, and I mean she won five weeks in a row after that after that weekend and uh, Jack's been a big part of us, and uh, it'd be good to get them guys down. Frank usually comes down once a year. It'd be good to get them back, for sure. For those that, that might be sitting on the mainland, and obviously we get this COVID out of the way, we get an Atlantic bubble, we get travel going back and forth. Uh, give us a sales pitch. What's, what's, the, uh, what's the best reason why the mainlanders should come over and check out Eastbound Park and Newfoundland in general if they haven't been? Well, if anybody's coming, I mean, it's, it's good to come in August. You know, the weather's best in August, or you know, the, we usually have a good race at the end of August, and and these, you know, everybody's at top of their game then, and you know, and it's a long weekend, a special race there. Perhaps I'll get to teach Sarah a thing or two on the track with sixteen car. That could be uh, in late fall, you know? Late bloomer, right? That's what that is. <laughs> Sarah, what's the best thing about racing at Eastbound and, and uh, Newfoundland in general? <laughs> I'm not sure. 
just have everything, right? Well, the facility is great, and well, the people are obviously great, and it's just I grew up racing there. I couldn't imagine racing anywhere else. And you've also had a couple of awards with the TCM side of things. Breakup Reformer, <laughs> Best Looking Car, and I think a four-time finalist for the most popular driver. Now, <laughs> we're sitting in May. This is not September, October, November, end of the season. Give us an early pitch as to why people should vote for you for the most popular driver award so you can finally get that award checked off your list. <laughs> Stop you on that most popular <laughs> <laughs> Um, think about that we'll get back to you how about that <laughs> okay. I know you guys don't do this alone uh, you've got the family drives everything with the Hickman Automotive Group on, on the 06 car who do you guys have for marketing partners on the race cars who do you have that, that helps you out getting to the racetrack back and forth who makes this whole thing happen again like so we got uh, Sarah Hickman's picked up you know, for, for a major sponsor there under you know, they're going to be a great bunch, no doubt about it. But, I mean, we got people behind the scenes that, you know, Gary Turner's them, sure, he and his young fella there, Turner's grads. I mean, the, the boys drive hour to the track every race day. And then if we need them up here in the grads, they're up there, right? We got Trevor Warren used to be a big part of us in the uh, dirt track days. He, he don't – he got two young kids now, so he don't get a chance to go to Avondale anymore, you know. And But yet he comes over here – Anytime we need, and he's been here several times a year. My brother's been a big part of us. You know, he, he lives in a different community too. So we're spread out pretty much, but there's, you know, and then there's the wife and, and you know, the other daughter, Olivia. So we all got the, we all got a big lot of support there, to be honest. Is there anybody else he forgot, Sarah? You know, he's getting old. There, there's there's got to be some <laughs> sort of, of memory lapse there, right? That's not that's not bad for him though. First, first race of the season, got everything in. I that that's that's one win so far for you, Ross. Uh, I see a couple more comments on on social. Is there anything else, uh, Dylan, that we missed? Uh, once again, Trudy is wondering what's the big difference between racing on dirt and racing pavement. And, you know, she also wrote that family's everything and you can maybe comment after, but that, that is certainly the darn truth, right? Family is everything in racing and out of racing too. Well, the biggest difference, I guess, in, in, dirt and asphalt is that <laughs> in the dirt there used to be a, we had lots more excuses if we were up in the door or someone or we hit someone in the rear quarter because we had rocks thrown us around and gravel thrown us around and we couldn't see nothing for mud and rocks and everything so you get you get caught up easier on the on the asphalt there and uh, i remember the first time like we always ran around on dirt pretty loose and pretty wild and uh so you Thinking from a driver, you do it on pavement. Almost a lot more traction on the asphalt than what there's on the dirt. But <laughs> I did one of the very first times I lost there's the, the sportsman. Uh, I uh, she certainly went around real quick. Dylan, I do see one comment here from Nick Codner, and it, it kind of ties into what you and I have been doing all winter long. Is there any eye racing in the future for either of you? And not for me. I tried that a couple times, but I kind of not not into it. <laughs> I kind of not into it, no. 
Sarah, I'm not sure for Sarah. Oh, I would like to try it, but the the screen gives me a headache, so I don't, I don't know how, how well it would work for it. Nick and Jason need some competition. So <laughs> maybe maybe throughout the, the summer, once we get back to the winter months, maybe we can have the conversation again. Uh, <laughs> is there anything else that you see over there, Dylan? Oh, let me take a gander here. Um, Adam Hiscock wrote, if Shane retires again, there will be a spotter available. Yeah, so, so how long – okay, so we forgot to mention this. Like, we talked about Shane coming back, but how long is this thing going to last? Is it, are we going to have another retirement party in, in the future, or what's what, – are we taking bets on that one? <laughs> Hopefully it all works out well. I mean, we're all, we're all working together and playing together, so, you know, it's like – and family, family together, so I'm sure there's going to be some intense days, and, but should be some good fun days as well. We kid because we care. We have a lot of fun with this. And uh, uh, it's great to have you guys on. And I can't wait for these borders to open up again so we can come over and have a little bit of a party. Because I think the last time I was over there, Mike had me in turn one at 1 a.m. hanging a sign. Um, so that was that was pretty fun. Uh, there's been some great parties over there. The atmosphere is great. If you've never been over to Eastbound Park in Newfoundland, go and, and check them out. Uh, Sarah Ross, this has been fun. Thank you for joining us. And uh, we look forward to uh, to getting over there at some point. We wish you all the best. And if you win on Sunday, we'll get you back next Wednesday. How about that? <laughs> That's okay. perfect, sir. And thank you. You always make Eastbound a better better spot, too, when you show up. We appreciate it. <laughs> it's, it's been a blast having you guys. Thank you very much. Uh, we mentioned earlier, Denver, that you can listen on your favorite podcast platform. So if you missed the show tonight, obviously you're listening. If you, you're here, so you, you saw the show. But if you want to listen back to it again, all those uh, are on your screen. You've uh, actually everything except for Apple Podcasts, which was just added here recently. So uh, you can get on there and, and take a look and, and do all that. But uh, I want to thank our partners as well that helped out uh, throughout the season, including uh, KCP, LJ Designs. We still have a bunch of T-shirts. We still have some T-shirts because we can't sell them because we can't go to the racetrack. Where's uh, mine? Uh, it, it, it is here. We might be able to do a contactless drop-off for you at some point. Um, but all the partners want to thank everyone of the MIT race radios, maritime car wash, uh, PPM talked to Greg Dow a little bit earlier on as well, uh, about what's going on and, and his season. And we're kind of, we're kind of in that pause mode. We can't really do anything here. So, uh, and we want to thank the crew as well. Um, I don't know if the fourth member of our crew is here. Um, we'll give her a microphone back if she wants it, but, uh, that was a great show guys. Uh, loved having Ross, loved having uh, Sarah on the show and, Corey Hall pinch hitting for Marty Prevo. I, 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 you can't, you can't find somebody to substitute for Marty Prevo. But I think if we, if we can find somebody, I think that was the, the, the great idea. Hmm. Absolutely, that was a uh, you know, fun show. Like you said, uh, Corey, it was nice of Corey to be able to uh, pinch it, and uh, he did a great job, and some great stories, and uh, you know, some some big racing this weekend. Uh, Speedway six sixty Eastbound Park should be fun. Yeah, the, the uh, three divisions at Speedway 660. We're still working on some of the, the kinks on the video side. Obviously, with us being here, equipment being here, Denver stepped up huge and uh, has been able to, to take care of some equipment. So we hope to have the on-demand for you sometime on Sunday-ish. It's a busy weekend on SpeedSport. Go check out SpeedSport.tv, all kinds of racing action you can see. I know the Cars Tour is off, but I think Tony has four shows on June 5th. Um, so there's plenty of racing to, to be had. So Dylan, what are you doing with your, your weekend? I think it was 30 degrees here today. It's hot in the office. Uh, what are, what are you doing with your weekend? 
Well, I wish I could be at Valley Raceway and Scotia Speed World. Uh, it was supposed to be a big weekend, but um, kind of staying home. Uh, you know, here in Nova Scotia, our premier and uh, chief medical officer are set to announce our reopening plans. And a lot of provinces have been announcing what's going on. I mean, Alberta, they straight up said if they get they reach a certain point of vaccinations, uh, no restrictions hardly by July. So it's like, okay, that's a little promising. <laughs> so we'll see what they say on Friday. Uh, Corey Hall kind of said the best earlier. It's probably going to be like last year, uh, end of June, July, for, for, yeah, at least for bubble racing maybe a bit earlier here in nova scotia i know valley was supposed to do some racing so maybe we can fire up i know lake dowsett announced today they're gonna you kind of put it on pause right now but they're planning to race this year and who knows about up in sydney with more of the regional racing up there uh hey a lot of positivity we're having lower case numbers and more recoveries so it's all we can really hope for right now and Scotia kind of announced yesterday as well that everything is on hold for them, including the East Coast International Pro Stock Tour races and, and so on and so forth. But uh, our friend Pat Healy asked Robert Strang on the uh, the briefing yesterday about gatherings, and he said large indoor gatherings will be the last to come back, and we're going to gradually work our way in. So we don't, as far as I know, we don't race inside. It'd be kind of cool if we had a, a weather delay, but we don't race inside. So I think that uh, kind of bodes well for us. Now, we did have our fourth member of the crew here tonight. And I think she has her microphone on mute. Brittany Hoyt. Brittany, what did you think of the show tonight? Uh, it was a great show. Happy to hear from our friends from Newfoundland. Hopefully we get to get over there soon. She hasn't been to Newfoundland yet, Denver. I don't know if we, we need to take her over there because I, I, I don't know what the party would be like. Oh, dear. That's all I'm going to say. Leave it at that. I will say, though, we do have in the plan for Brittany to host one of these shows down the road this summer. So just be prepared to hear the voice, right, Brittany? Yeah, sure. That sounded confident. That, that sounded really confident. <laughs> that sounded really confident. She has a co-host lined up too, doesn't she? She does have a co-host lined up. They have guests lined up. I don't think the guests even know that they're lined up. Of course but not. She, they have guests. It's going to be great. It's going to be great when it happens. But uh, if you're in Speed, or if you're in Fredericton, you're in the, the New Brunswick area, get up to Speedway 660. If you're at Eastbound, and you have an opportunity to get out to the racetrack because those tickets, I think the 10 tickets that we talked about are probably sold out by now. Uh, but head over there, take in some racing. Beautiful weekend scheduled. Going to be fun. Uh, if you're looking for some racing and you're at home, uh, Paul mentioned earlier Fat Heads Cup Series coming up on Bidane TV and uh, multi-league tomorrow. I think Mike James helps them out a little bit as well. Uh, Going to be a fun weekend. Get out to the racetrack. Support your local racetrack if you can. Stay safe. Get vaccinated. All that fun stuff. And hopefully we're back racing in Nova Scotia and PEI sooner rather than later. Uh, that's going to do it for us tonight. Thank you to Paul Strickland Jr. for being a part of this and, and hosting our show. For Dylan Langell, Denver Matchett, Brittany Hoyt, our guests Sarah and Ross Thorne, and Corey Hall. My name is Tim Terry. We will see you next week here on Wednesday when we say let's go racing. Until then, keep the hammer down and we'll see you at the track. <laughs>